With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, so you get to go compete at UCA. You've competed at NCA several times. So obviously these are big stages, and not only are those stages big, but you're part of, you know, or at the time you're part of Trinity Valley. Now you're going to be at Weaver this coming up season. Yes. And that is a big spotlight. Right. And I can only imagine the nerves that come with the added pressure of having to be on the biggest stage on, you know, one of the most popular teams in the industry. So Mm -hmm. talk to me about how you prepare like your nerves mentally, like any, you know, what do you do to prepare yourself? So how I prepare myself is I trust my reps. Like I'm very much someone that stresses about the warm up more than the actual competition. Like I want to make sure that the minute I walk out onto any big stage that I have zero doubt in my mind that I'm going to hit my stuff and I'm going to do like the best of my ability. Like when I'm backstage warming up, I'm always thinking like, what am I going to think out there on stage about this one skill? Like for me this year at Daytona, I was worried about my baskets more than anything. And that was just because I had never competed a basket before. So when we were backstage, I was like, I need to focus on my arms. I need to focus on how I'm standing up on the bases so I can get the maximum lift and stay square to the front. So that way I think about that in the warm up. I can just go out and allow myself to be on autopilot when I'm out there because I try to force myself to not think of anything when I'm competing because when I started thinking, I often get intruding thoughts in the process of that. And I feel like that that is how like negative things happen. Like, I mean, in gymnastics, I competed like in front of thousands of people by myself on the floor. So having like 20 other people, 19 other people out there with you, it makes it not as bad. You know, it's it's more like it's fun. Like you're out there with your friends and they all want the best for you in gymnastics. Like your own friends are competing against you. So they don't really want you to hit if that makes sense. It's just like mm-hmm. a different mindset. And then in cheer, you have a whole team who like genuinely wants you to hit because they need you to hit as well. So whenever you're out there, you just got to remind yourself of that, that you have a support system behind you and that you've done this skill like 50 million times. This is just another time that you get to do it in front of people. And this is a time where you get to show off and represent like the best program that there is. And that's kind of what I told myself when I went out there. Like when I saw all of those people, it just really hit me that like how successful our program has been and that it was a privilege to be up there. And I didn't really let that bring nerves to me this year I let it bring like a it brought a lot of happiness to me I was just like I've like made it like I was like just 
thinking back to where I started in cheer, it, I was like, there. I never thought that I would walk out onto the band show representing Trinity Valley Large Co-Ed having like no fear. It, I was like completely confident in my team and myself this year. And that was the best feeling ever. And I feel like when you are backstage, you just have to trust yourself and trust your reps. And at that point, if you allow yourself to stress anymore, you've already beat yourself before you've even gotten the chance to go out there. you got to just trust the reps yeah. and trust the process. That's such a good, and you make such good points, especially things that I didn't understand when I was your age as an athlete <laughs> and, you know, trusting the reps. And the one thing you mentioned was I want to go on autopilot. And I remember even as yes. a young coach, like telling our kids, you don't go on autopilot out there. You need to be thinking. But then yeah. I learned later, no, we don't want these kids thinking. We want yes. them to go on autopilot. We want them to just go out there and do it and not to think about it. Because like you said, yeah. those intrusive thoughts come in, come to mind and then you're totally off whack. And so yeah. you want to be able to do the rep. You want to be able to rep it out so much that mm -hmm. it's just what you do. It's just automatic. So such yeah. good insight for not only athletes, but for coaches as mm -hmm. well. Great stuff, Haley. Um, and that also, and so speaking of athletes, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say that also comes with like practicing how you're going to perform every single day, like facials, your emotions, being big whenever you're performing. So that way, when you are actually competing, you can allow yourself to go on autopilot because you've already been practicing how you're going to perform anyways. I feel like a lot of people try to go like above and beyond actually like on the competition floor and then they burn out like their adrenaline's gone because their body isn't used to them doing it like that. Like you have to go full mm -hmm. out every single practice. 100%. Haley, yo, you're preaching today, Haley. Okay, <laughs> let's go. All right, so give us some more. Um, now that we're talking about athletes a little bit, let's talk, let's let's stay there for a little bit longer. Um, what advice do you have to athletes or parents of athletes trying to maximize, or coaches of athletes, trying to yeah. maximize their potential? So I have advice for coaches and athletes. And I, whenever I do talk about this, I normally hit like five key points. Um, for my coaches, I would say realize that not every athlete receives coaching the same way. Like I've learned that throughout many different coaches throughout my life. Like some kids respond well to extreme criticism and beating them down because that's the only way that will get through to them. And some athletes just need a simple correction. And from that day forward, it'll be fixed. And But then if you try to beat them down, it'll tear them down and then they break. So coaches really just need to work on realizing the best way to be receptive to all of for their athletes to be receptive to their critiques and the way that they say it perception is reality and sometimes it's not like what you say it's how you say it and how it's delivered to the people around you so that's what I would say to the coaches and to the athletes what I would say is you go to work on mindsets having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset for example a fixed mindset is an athlete who receives criticism and takes that as they're not doing enough and then from that point forward doesn't try to do anything about it an athlete with a growth mindset looks for critiques looks for that criticism and uses that as a step towards being more perfect at what they're trying to do I've seen a lot of cheerleaders with fixed mindsets and I feel like as a gymnast you are forced to have a growth mindset because it is never a standard that you're going to be perfect in gymnastics like you are never 
you are never going into a competition thinking that I'm going to get a perfect score. Like it's always, what did I do wrong? And what is another thing I can do to be a closer step to being like that perfect score. And in cheer, I almost see athletes like disrespected when they get criticism. And that's also what was interesting for me coming into this sport is like where I look for criticism, others feel disrespected by it. And in my opinion, I feel like if you are not going to take any type of critiques, then you're going to be a complacent athlete from that point forward. And there will be no room for growth in your individual abilities. Like you have to welcome critiques and welcome criticism in order to grow and be the athlete that you are capable of being. And I think that also has a lot to do with how you are a leader in your team too. Like leaders are going to implement corrections instead of like arguing with the coaches. You know what I mean? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, I absolutely love it. Love that you brought up growth mindset and fixed mindset. It, again, these are things I had zero clue about when I was your age as an athlete. Like, we were just going, you know, just doing stuff. Yes. So it's so cool to hear um that you've been able to implement these things in your in your journey still as an athlete right like i had to wait until i was done cheering to hear about these things and then go oh man well if i would have known that as an athlete you know that would have been a lot more helpful right i now, agree i've learned, learned them i'm able to pass them on to our athletes but yeah um dude great stuff so so as we're moving on you know, you're done at the Valley and now you're going to be going to Weber state. So tell me about that decision and why, why Weber state. So at UCA partner stunt, my first year at the Valley, uh, summer saw me and Josh Hill competing and she kind of reached out to me starting that day and was like, you should come visit Weber. And I ended up visiting Weber the summer going into my sophomore year. I fell in love with it, like stunning with all of those boys who have that much talent. I was like, this is like a partner stunning school and I would love to be here. So I started talking to Summer about possibly signing me. I knew it was a long shot because, I mean, it's a D1 university and they very rarely sign people. But um, come to find out, she signed me that day. And I was like, okay, I'm going here. (laughs) So I signed in October of this past year and I started practicing with them about two weeks ago when we were up there for supporting everyone trying out for the team. And I can just tell that the Weber State has a lot of the culture and beliefs behind it that Trinity Valley does. And that's definitely one of my big reasons on why I wanted to go there other than any other program. 
there's a lot of CCFC there and there's a lot of uh, even Matt Torres. He's one of the assistant coaches now and Ed, they're both CCFC. So I know that the way that they're going to coach us is going to be roughly similar to what I've been used to considering I've only been really coached by like Vontae Franklin and Molly in my whole cheer career since I kind of started elite cheer like two years ago. So I wanted something that I was kind of similar to, but I also wanted something new because I know that the standard that this school is about to hold me to is going to be completely different than what the Valley did. Like I feel like I maxed out Trinity Valley and what I could get from the program. And I became more of like a giving someone that gave back to it this year. And that's really what my goal was, was to help all of the freshmen come up and get all the skills that they wanted to be in. Now I'm ready to be back in an environment where I can learn and where I can still grow as an athlete and as a person. There we go. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, it's going to be, I'm telling you, you're gonna have a blast. Um, like I said, I, I cheered, I cheered a school called Palomar, which Palomar okay. at the time we won UCA all-star, UCA all-star, UCA college nationals. Um, in the junior college division. Right. So we won there yes. and then I transferred to Stephen F Austin. So I, when I was cheering at Stephen F Austin, um, you know, I was back when SFA was winning national titles. So I go from mm-hmm. one school to win national titles to another school to win national titles, but just the talent level was yes. just completely different. Like, like we were good, right. We were the junior college champions. And right. then we went, I went to SFA and was like, Oh, these guys are like really good. Yes. So, <laughs> like okay and so it's just a totally different level but it was so much fun like i had a blast um so i wish you nothing but the best but what kind Thank of you. like you know being on these two teams right you're on the mm-hmm. valley now you're at weber state um again two schools in the spotlight and um talk to me about the type of person you need to be to be able to handle that type of pressure and spotlight on on, on you all the time i In regards to being like that type of person, I think you need to be, I would say you need to learn when to block things out and when to take it all in. Like when, Mm -hmm. whenever you're getting negative criticism and like Twitter haters, things like that, those are examples of things that you need to just block out and realize that like those people don't know anything about the program that you go to or you as a person, but you know who you are. And then, um, an example of when to take it all in is, for example, like when you're at Daytona and you have all of these people watching you on TV, on all these different platforms in person, people that fly all the way to Florida just to watch your team compete. Like that is an example of a time that you need to take in and realize like the platform that you worked your butt off to be able to be a part of. Like no, none of these athletes that are on these high caliber schools and programs were just given these positions. You know what I mean? It, it came with hours and hours and hours and years and years and years of work. And if you were like me and started kind of late in the game, it took that times three. You know what I mean? Like we've all mm-hmm. been through the ringer and bad just to be able to have the opportunity to be on these programs, let alone compete and make a mat with them. So I would just say that for people that have worked their butts off and they're on mats, you need to learn when to allow yourself to take wins and like let yourself get that done. We're we're also quick to look for the negatives and situations and be like, what can I do better? But sometimes we need to learn when we can just accept that dub and realize that like we've actually worked this hard and got something positive out of it and allow yourself to take that win instead of constantly like critiquing yourself. And you know what I mean? So what's like the hardest part for you right now with 
with social media playing such a huge role in the sport now, again, completely different from when I was mm-hmm. cheering. Um, we, you know, we had Facebook, we had MySpace, but no one had huge followings. Like we all had, you know, our friends right. that followed us and, you know, we were friends with, but now, you know, it seems like everyone has like these huge followings and then you have to got, you have to deal with, like you said, the Twitter haters and you know who i have no idea what you get in your dms so like what is it you know tell me about like handling and just dealing with you know just the haters out there one thing that i'm gonna talk about something and then lead that in to answer your question so one thing that molly always told me this year is when you're out there on the competition floor you have to truly believe that you are the best at what you do like you have to have the biggest head imaginable because that is the only way to not let those intruding thoughts like creep in like you have to truly believe that you're the best so whenever you get twitter haters that are telling you that you suck or like talking down on your team you just have to like truly like believe in yourself and and in your team that like these people don't know you they are taking time out of their day to make a comment on your life which they are choosing to watch like you're not watching their life they're choosing to watch your life and they're taking time out of their day to make negative comments to tear you down and in return that should make you realize that in a way you are doing something right because if you if your school and you as a person has a platform that is big enough to where people again are taking time out of their day to comment on your life. Like that means you're doing something right, but you just can't let that tear you down. You have to use that as a way to motivate you or you can use it as a way to prove them wrong. Like I'm sometimes I'm the type of person where if I got like a mean comment this day or that day, I'm going to use that to drive me in my next practice that I'm at. Like I'm going to get on live. I'm going to do all my stunts. I'm going to get all the diamonds from the TikTok lies. I'm like, I really am doing something good. And like, I'm trying to be a good role model for people. So these people that are like making negative comments don't know me as a person. And I know like my coaches especially had to deal with that a lot. Vontae was letting me read some of the comments that people were telling him. And like, he even said too, like these people don't know him, like they don't know him as a person. So you just got to really realize that these people on Twitter, they're just bored and you're just their entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's what our job is as cheerleaders anyways, is to be entertainers. And that comes with having negative hate and like positive feedback. Like it's always going to be a mixture of both. Haley, do you have a major in mind? Yes. I want to be a biomedical engineer. I'm really excited about that. I've already registered for the engineering program at Weber State. And they like coincidentally had the exact major I've been trying to go into, which, and it's really rare to find a biomedical engineering program at universities. So I'm excited that Weber State has one. I'm just a little nervous about managing that on top of cheer because at the Valley, like you, you didn't really take like engineering classes there. It was pretty much core classes, but I came into the Valley with 33 college hours. So I was pretty much already, I already had my associate's degree my first year of college. So I was taking mainly like film appreciation and music appreciation, things like that. Just electives (laughs) like the whole year, just so I could compete and finish out. So this upcoming year is really when I'm going to like nail into my engineering classes and that's going to be really hard. So that's the major I have in mind. So we'll see how it goes. There you go. Absolutely love it. That's so cool. Yes. Good stuff. Dude, Haley, what up? Do we need to talk about anything else? Because you have been absolutely 
fantastic. You've been great. Thank well, you. Do we need to talk about anything else? Um, I'll say one last thing. Okay. Um, something I always told the team this year when we are warming up and saying our like motivational speeches for the day is remember that talent is what gets you noticed, but character is what keeps you at the top. And if you are going to be someone with a platform, we always need to remember that there's people watching and looking up to other people around us. So make sure that you realize people are always watching and you got to be a good role model and it's never too late to be a good person because I know there's a lot of bad things in the cheer world right now, but I know that there's still a lot of people out there with good intentions and people that genuinely want this sport to go positive places. So, yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. I have four questions that I usually ask all of our guests at the end of the show. I totally did not prep you on any of these four questions. So okay. you're going to have to do them on the spot. You're going to do them on the spot, but I guarantee you're going you're gonna to kill it. I already know. You're going to kill it. Okay. Also, we're going to see each other in Nashville for yes! the Cheer Icon show. Yeah, that's going to be super cool. I'm so excited. And maybe maybe I'll do my first hand ski. <laughs> yes, we should stunt. We should stunt. No, I'm old. I'm so old. I can't do no, anything. I'm we surprised. Stunt. I'd be very surprised if I could toss hands. So we got it. <laughs> All right. We got it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something? What's something that needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? You said start, stop, or change. Yep. I would say that something that needs to change in the industry is I feel like people and companies and brands that are giving a lot of athletes these really big platforms, they need to real they need to look into the people that they're giving these platforms for. I feel like Cheer has had really bad luck recently with like these people with big platforms like getting all these eyes and spotlight put on them while they're doing bad mm-hmm. things. And I know that there's a lot of good people out there and insanely talented athletes that deserve a spotlight that would really lead our industry into a good direction. And I feel like those type of people need to be given good platforms, if that makes sense. Per- perfectly said, Haley. Dude, Haley, you're killing it. Okay, okay here we go. Um, any rumors? myths or narratives that you want to debunk it could be about yourself it could be about the valley it could be about cheerleading in general and it could be about anything it could be about something someone said about you in the eighth grade that you're like you know what Susie you know I I did not fart in class that day (laughs) (laughs) okay let me think so I had someone on Twitter say that I was bad mouthing uh, Navarro this year after Daytona and I was not I love my Bulldogs <laughs> Dustin and Monica were very grateful to let me come in and do their all-star team however I will stick with my belief that I think we should have won Daytona this year I will gladly there take my I will gladly take my L from last year we lost last year fair and square period but <laughs> this year that's I'm right. gonna advocate for my team, but I hey. was not talking crap. <laughs> hey, you know what? In 2003, no, 2004, we lost to Wallace State at UCA College Nationals, and I still mm-hmm. think we should have won as well. Right. So I'm just saying, right. you know, um, <laughs> it's just it's actually about funny. today. I, I told when Monica was on, I said, Monica, I've been meaning to ask you this question for 20 years now, or 15 years now. Um, mm-hmm. In 2005. 
Trini Valley had the greatest routine I'd ever seen in my life. They were phenomenal in 2005. And they were in first place after day one. They hit day two. And Navarro didn't have their best routine day two, but Navarro ended up winning. You know, what are your thoughts? You know, what are your thoughts? And she's like, you know, I only remember the year, but I'll go back and look at the tape. I still haven't heard her give me a response yet, but she needs to go back and look at 2005. That was a good year. Anyway, but you yeah. die on your sword. You think your team should have won? Die on that hill. Right. Uh, if you don't believe in you, who, who's supposed to? Exactly. Um, all right. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.